This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome. It is Verdict with Ted Cruz. Weekend Review. Ben Ferguson with you. And these are the big stories that you may have missed that we talked about this week. First up this week, it was a bombshell that the media refused to report on, and that was the fact that Scott Kirby at the White House said he was, quote, not shocked by the FBI coming out and saying that terrorism is at a whole other level when it comes to the threat in this country. Why? Because the open southern border. Up next, in a shock, yes, Iran is selling a ton of oil right now, and much of it is in violation of sanctions. So why is the White House not standing up to Iran? And also at the same time, why is the White House and their policies deliberately making Iran wealthy while putting a hardship on Americans through their obsession with green alternative energy? And finally, they're coming for your kids like never before at the university level, at the high schools, junior highs, and even elementary schools. Liz Wheeler joins us to talk about her new book and what you need to know about what they're doing with your children. It is the Week in Review with Ted Cruz, and it starts right now. There was a question that was asked uh, of uh, Kirby at the White House about our open border, about how unsecure it is. And now, not about the illegal immigrants necessarily coming across, but the terrorists that are coming across. And and he was forced to answer the question, I think, honestly, that yes, he is concerned. Listen. The FBI director said today, the ongoing war in the Middle East has raised the threat of an attack against Americans in the United States to a whole nother level. Let's just stop there for a second. When you heard that, Senator, how shocked were you by that? So I wasn't. Um... 
you know, I have but to admit. But them admitting that it's at a whole nother level. I, I was shocked by that type of candid answer from anybody in this administration. Well, my thought was immediately, holy crap, what does the FBI know that we don't know? Because just weeks or months ago, the FBI was saying the greatest threat to public safety is white supremacists in America. And give me a friggin' break. Listen, Nazis and Klansmen are idiots and bigots. They're, they're imbeciles. I oppose them wholly and unequivocally. But there's not a rise of Nazis in America. Like, like okay, you got like six yahoos in some bar in somewhere in America that, that, that are going, woohoo! But like, in the real world, that is not a rising threat. And yet, the politicized Biden Department of Justice and FBI said, that's the threat. And I was always like, okay, what about radical jihadists who pledge that they want to murder all of us, who have committed horrific acts of terrorism all across the globe, who carried out 9-11? Do you not think they're a greater threat? And until October 7th, until the attack on Israel, the Biden DOJ and the Biden FBI said, nope, 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 jihadists are just okie dokie, no problem at all. We're just concerned that the Ku Klux Klan is coming back. And I'm like, okay, that's absurd. Now, they've changed their talking points. So this week, the FBI went before the House and said, wow, there is a real risk of Hamas and Hezbollah terrorists coming across the border. Now, listen, this podcast has covered this. I have said repeatedly that I think there is a greater risk of a major terrorist attack on the United States than there has been at any time since September 11th. And we did a whole podcast on the written memo from Customs and Border Patrol instructing Border Patrol agents be on lookout for Hamas, for Hezbollah, for Palestinian Islamic Jihad. They're going to try to hide who they are and they're coming here to commit acts of terror. And so when I see the FBI saying this, my reaction is like, holy crap, they know stuff for them to change their political talking points. Frankly, takes my my level of concern from an eight to an eleven. Well, and that's what Kirby was was also when he answered this. It was a very different answer. Remember, this is the same Mayorkas that said the border is secure. The border is secure. And now they're saying not only no, is it not admitting it's not. Now they're saying they're worried about a terrorist threat. Keep listening in the United States to a whole nother level. Has the White House considered the possibility that a terrorist could be in the country right now after crossing the southern border? Peter, we are always concerned uh, about uh, the potential presence on U.S. soil uh, of terrorists uh, uh, coming from overseas. That's something we're always worried about. But there was this bulletin last week. uh, The CBP in San Diego said militants associated with the Israel-Hamas war uh, may be potentially encountered at the southwest You're talking about the San Diego? Yeah. Yeah. Is there any heartburn around here? 600,000 known gotaways just in the last fiscal year. Yeah. Is there any heartburn about leaving the border in such a condition that one of those 600,000 could be a terrorist? So let me just break this down for you just a little bit here. First of all, I can't speak to this intelligence report that was leaked to the media. I wouldn't do that. Um, I can tell you that we are constantly monitoring as best we can 
all ports of entry to the country uh, uh, for the potential arrival of anybody who might wish us harm. And one of the things that the president asked for in this supplemental was additional funding for border security for like 1,500 more border patrol agents and better technology at the, at the border. I mean, so again, we would urge Congress to take a look at that supplemental request and pass it. But if the general gist of your question is, are we taking the potential threat seriously? Of course no, we are. The general gist was, is it possible that somebody who wants to commit a terrorist attack during a time of elevated threat crossed the southern border into the United States already? I, I couldn't possibly answer that question, Peter. All I can do is tell you that we, are, we have remain vigilant to that potential threat. We have. I, I disagree with that. Senator, I would love to get your take on that. I do not believe they've stayed vigilant. I think, in, in fact, they've turned their heads and run and said every illegal immigrant or anyone that wants to come across the border, come on over. What utter and complete crap. That entire answer. Listen, John Kirby is an admiral in the Navy. It makes me sad to watch an admiral just lie to the American people. You know, one of the things he says, we're vigilant at the ports of entry. Well, no kidding, you moron. Terrorists don't enter at the ports of entry and they don't come up and say, hey, I'm an Hamas terrorist. I want to kill people like like they're stupid, but they're not that, that stupid. You want to know the stat that is horrifying? Two million gotaways. So we're now north of 8 million people who've crossed illegally into this country. Roughly 6 million have come in and turned themselves in. They've said, okay, I'm here. They look for Border Patrol. They turn themselves in. Most of them, they're fleeing poverty. They're fleeing economic misery. They're coming to America because Joe Biden has said, if you come to America, you get to stay. It's a disaster, and many of them are being abused. They're being brutalized by traffickers. They're being sexually assaulted. They're being left for dead. But those six million actually worry me much, much less than the two million. Who are the two million? The two million are the gotaways. Now, what's a gotaway? A gotaway is someone that Border Patrol observes. They observe through a sensor. They observe through visual observation, but they don't catch them. They're the people that run. Now, why do the gotaways concern me? Because, look, the people who are turning themselves in, when I was down at the southern border Thursday night at Midnight Patrol, the group that turned themselves in, they looked for Border Patrol, they turned themselves in. We spent 30 to 45 minutes visiting with them. They were mostly women and children. Look, I don't think the five-year-olds are going to commit acts of terror. They've been brutalized. They've been assaulted. They, they Like, what they've gone through is horrific and inhumane. But the five-year-olds are not a national security threat to the United States. The gotaways are the people that are actively avoiding and, and evading border patrol apprehension. And they are, many of them are criminals, so they have criminal histories. They're murderers, they're rapists, they're child molesters, they have DUIs. They, they, they have a, many of them have horrible criminal histories. Others of them are gang members. They're MS-13 or otherwise. Um, but others of them are worse. It's the two million gotaways. If you're a terrorist and you want to murder Americans, you're not in the people that are turning yourself in to the Border Patrol. You're yeah. in the two million gotaways. And, and the point that he's ignoring, well, we're vigilant at the points of entry, ports of entry. Well, great. That's not where the terrorists are coming in. And it is so fundamentally dishonest what this administration says about that.
Final question on this. I want to ask you about, you know, the, the, the new accusation, which is accurate, and that's that Joe Biden has welcomed six million illegal aliens in the U.S., exceeding the population now of 31 states. Now, now let's just think about that. Six million illegal aliens into the United States of America, a foreign population that exceeds the population center of 31 different states. And the White House was was asked about this. Okay, they were asked like, hey, are are you guys going to talk about how this number and and not only that, how many more illegal aliens are you going to let in? Senator Johnson had this to say one of your colleagues. Secretary Mayorkas, I've asked you this in the past. What numbers are represented here? How many people has this administration let in by encountering, processing, dispersing, or that have come in as a known or, or unknown Godaway? What, what, approximately. I don't need an exact number. So what do we got? Senator, let me, let me, let me I, say. I need numbers. I, again, don't filibuster me. How many people has this administration led into the country? Let, let me say at the outset that uh, our job would be a lot easier if the broken immigration system was No, Mr. Secretary, I want a, a number. How many people have you led into this country? I, I should also How, uh, Okay, let, I'll, I'll give you the number. It's about six million. He won't answer the damn question because he doesn't want to be on record as saying, yes, we've let in the population that is more than 31 different states in America. Well, and it's worse than that, because the six million is just the people who've been apprehended. There are an additional two million gotaways. So the actual number is eight million illegal immigrants who crossed under Joe Biden. And that is larger than all but 12 states in America. And I want to do something. I want to read to you the states that are smaller than the number of illegal immigrants who come in under Joe Biden. Wyoming has 581,000 population. Vermont, D.C., Alaska, North Dakota, South Dakota, Delaware, Rhode Island, Montana, Maine, New Hampshire, Hawaii, West Virginia, Idaho, Nebraska, New Mexico, Kansas, Mississippi, Arkansas, Nevada, Iowa, Puerto Rico. Utah, Connecticut, Oklahoma, Oregon, Kentucky, Louisiana, Alabama, South Carolina, Minnesota, Colorado, Wisconsin, Maryland, Missouri, Indiana, Massachusetts, Tennessee, Arizona, and Washington State. Washington State has 7,785,000 people in it. It is only when you get to Virginia. Virginia has 8,683,000 people in it. So we haven't yet crossed the population of Virginia. Virginia is the 12th largest state in America. We are between 13 and 12. And by the end of the Biden administration, we'll pass Virginia. We'll pass New Jersey at 9,261,000. We'll probably pass Michigan at 10,034,000. We may pass North Carolina at 10,698,000. And you get into the territory of number eight, Georgia, 10,912,000, or Ohio, number seven, at 11,756,000. That's how many illegal immigrants have crossed under Joe Biden in less than three years. Eight million, larger than the population of all but a dozen U.S. states. Now, if you want to hear the rest of this conversation, you can go back and listen to the full podcast from earlier this week. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now on to story number two. I want to move to another issue, Senator, and it's one that is deals with energy independence. It also deals with what we're witnessing now in Iran the amount of money that Iran is making right now from oil uh, is upwards of, I've been seeing some numbers that are billion dollars a day is what they're selling. These numbers are staggering. There are many that are screaming right now and they're saying, hey, this shouldn't be happening. There are sanctions that should just be enforced, not needing to pass new sanctions to stop this this country that's sponsoring terrorism, especially against you know Israel with Hamas, Hezbollah, they've helped ISIS and Al Qaeda. They 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 are openly saying they want death to America and death to Israel and and to wipe us off the face of the earth. And yet we're not enforcing these. This all at the same time, while we are hurting in this country from a lack of energy independence, which makes them richer. When we stop doing things here and we go into this green alternative energy. It's just making them richer, which means they can sponsor more terrorist activities around the world. And it's something that you've really dived into in this book. 
that comes out on Tuesday that people need to get their hands on. Uh, your new book, Unwoke, is going to be out on Tuesday of next week. You can pre-order it now. But this is something you've been talking about, the Democrats' obsession with green alternative energy and how it's actually helping the most dangerous people and terrorists in the world by having this policy. Well, so Iran right now is selling 2 million barrels of oil a day. Uh, so they're not making billions per day. Right now today, the price of a barrel of oil is about $82 a barrel. That means Iran is making about $160 million a day from selling oil. And the bulk of that they're selling to communist China. Uh, we assume China is actually paying less than that. So let's say they're making 140 to $150 million a day, although we don't know what price China is paying them. Um, Two million barrels a day, what that has produced for the Ayatollah over the last three years is about $80 billion. That is funding Iran, which is the world's late largest state sponsor of terrorism. It is funding Hamas. It is funding the death squads that are murdering Israelis and murdering Americans. It is funding the rockets that are raining down from the sky and murdering Israelis. It is, it is funding the drones that Iran is providing to Russia that Russia is using to attack and kill Ukrainian soldiers. So while Biden is giving billions to Ukraine, he's also giving billions to Iran and funding both sides of the war. Now, that, is, that makes no sense at all. But, but the point you made, and this is something that, that I emphasize in this new book. The new book, as, as you said, is called Unwoke, How to Defeat Cultural Marxism in America. And the book walks through all of the institutions in our nation that have been seized by the radical left. And it lays out how they were seized, why it happens. It tells stories, but it also lays out a strategy to defeat them. And the final chapter is on China. And it describes how China is a central nexus that links them all. And, and one of the points that I make in the book, and this is a point that is, is rarely understood, and it has to do with science and the Green New Deal, which is right now today... The United States is the world's leader in oil production and natural gas production. America produces roughly 20% of all the oil and gas produced worldwide. And we are a net energy exporter. We produce more than we consume. So that is incredibly valuable to have energy independence. What do the Democrats want us to do? They want to shift our energy usage entirely to energy produced by wind and solar. And who controls wind and solar? And the answer to that is communist China. So here are some of the stats. China controls refining capacity for 73% of the world's cobalt, for 40% of the copper, for 59% of the lithium, for 68% of the nickel, and for 83% of rare earth minerals. And every one of those is necessary for wind and solar power. Uh, and when it comes to finished products that the Democrats want to produce all of our domestic energy, China is responsible for 80% of global solar panels manufacturing, for 70% of global wind turbine manufacturing, and 77% of global lithium-ion battery manufacturing. So every time you hear a Democrat, every time you hear the corporate media say, we must move from oil and gas to wind and solar, understand what they're saying. 
We need to shift our entire economy from an energy source that America controls and that we are dominant globally in to an energy source that China controls and that they are dominant globally in. And we should give communist China the power at any moment they want to cripple our economy and shut down our ability to access energy. That makes no sense. And I got to say, in, in, in the national energy debates we have, very, very few people are making what I think is this very important point. When, when you were writing this book, and, and I encourage you to go ahead and pre-order it now, it comes on Tuesday, you wanted to look at these issues and bring them to light, obviously, as we're going into this very important election cycle. It's a presidential election cycle because this is really about the future of this country. Well, it is. Look, our, our country is in crisis. I wrote this book because lots of people are saying, what the hell happened? How did we wake up and find every major institution? Look, you look at our universities and you see these rabid anti-Semitic protests, anti-Israel protests, and what's happened is the viciously left-wing Marxist forces have taken over many of our universities. You look at K-12 through education, at the garbage being taught to our kids, critical race theory and radical transgender theory. You, you look at, at, at how journalism has been broken. You look at how government has been broken. You look at big tech. You look at big business. You look at entertainment, at movies. This book, every one of the chapters in this book focuses on a different institution that the radical left has taken over. And I explain how it happened. And look, one of the things that I try to do in this book, this is not an academic book. This is not an abstract treatise. This book is designed to be fun, designed to be readable, designed to tell stories and give you information that's useful. Look, the, the, the stats I just laid out on, on the, the critical minerals and rare earth minerals that are needed for wind and solar, you haven't heard those anywhere else. That's designed to give you the tools. It, it, the book has the same purpose as the podcast. The reason you and I put so much time into this podcast is I want to equip our listeners. I believe our listeners are the patriots who are going to save America. And I want to equip you with the news, with the well, information, with the facts, with the data, with the evidence, with the arguments to know what's going on to fight to save the country. And so that's what this book is all about. It, it is getting you prepared, but but also, you know, giving you something to read that's fun and interesting. And by the way, the book, I think, makes, you know, we're heading into Christmas. It makes a great Christmas gift, which is you ought to get one for yourself and get one for your mom, get one for your son, get one for your next door neighbor, because the entire purpose of this book is to get as many people as possible to read it and to hear and understand what's happening in our country because that's the only way we're going to turn it around and, and bring our country back. No doubt about it. And it's going to be just one aspect of this book that we're going to start highlighting so that you guys know what's in there. But make sure you grab a copy, pre-order it now, wherever you buy your books. Finally, Senator, I want to ask you about the FBI Director Ray and his testimony that he, he delivered. It is some shocking testimony. Here is part of what he had to say before Congress. But as I said a few moments ago, on top of the homegrown violent extremists and domestic violent extremist threat, we also cannot and do not discount the possibility that Hamas or another foreign terrorist organization may exploit the current conflict to conduct attacks here on our own soil. 
I mean, Senator, you hear Christopher Ray saying this. It's it's something that unfortunately we've talked about so much. You've got an open border. You've got these types of people that get into this country and the threats are real. Look, the threats are incredibly real. I've said multiple times, I think the risks, the likelihood of a major terrorist attack on U.S. soil is higher today than it has been any point since September 11th. And, you know, as I hear Chris Ray saying that, listen, as you know, I know Chris Ray quite, quite well. For years, he has been annoyingly and counterfactually and bizarrely saying the greatest threat we have is from homegrown terrorists and they're from white supremacists. They're from Nazis and Klansmen. And listen, Nazis and Klansmen are idiots. They're bigoted morons. They're bad people. No dispute there. But the last I checked, we don't have this rising wave of Klansmen. Like, like, Like they're not Nazis uh, that, that, that are suddenly attacking America. And, and frankly, the FBI focusing on that over and over again, it fit into the political narrative the left wanted, and, and it utterly discarded global jihadists who have pledged to murder as many Americans as they have, they can, and who are actively trying to do so. And, and, and so my reaction, the fact that Chris Ray said there's a real risk right now that Hamas terrorists may, quote, conduct attacks here on our own soil, my reaction is, holy crap, what does he know now that has suddenly forced him to say that publicly, that he's like, uh-oh, this might happen really soon, and I at least want something on the record so that they can't claim I was blindsided by it. It's obvious our southern border is wide open. There's a major risk of terrorists coming across. But the fact that Chris Ray said that right now worries me enormously. I don't know any classified information that he might have that, that that says that they know of Hamas terrorists in the United States. But the fact that he's saying that, I think, is very worrying. As before, if you want to hear the rest of this conversation on this topic, you can go back and download the podcast from earlier this week to hear the entire thing. I want to get back to the big story, number three of the week you may have missed. Senator, I also want to bring in our guests. We've talked a lot about kids protecting kids. We also have problems in this country where we have basically given our kids over to the government and parents are trying to get back in their kids' lives have been declared domestic terrorists by our own government, which is shocking. Uh, A good friend of the show, someone that you used to do Verdict Plus with, people will know her from that, Liz Wheeler, uh, has her own great show. She's got an incredible new book out uh, as well, and I know it was important that we make sure we had her on Verdict. Well, Liz, welcome back. Liz is my former co-host of Verdict. We uh, we did Verdict together. We traveled the country. We went to college campuses together and dealt with uh, young leftists who had questions and wanted to be confronted with the truth. And Liz does an amazing job on her own show, on the Liz Wheeler Show. And she has a brand new book, Hide Your Children, Exposing the Marxists Behind the Attack on American Kids. Liz, welcome back. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Senator, thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Ben. Good to, good to have you here. Tell us a little bit about this book, why you wanted to write it, and, and why it's so important, especially right now. Yeah, this book started as a question that I, I think a lot of parents actually had the same question that I had during COVID when we saw this increase in attacks on our children. I mean, all parents had to do is look over the, their kid's shoulder on Zoom school and they'd see critical race theory and trans ideology, the 1619 Project, plus good old fashioned moral relativism just thrown at their kids. And I, I understand that this isn't a new thing that our kids are um, the target of the left, but it did seem to be escalating. So I wondered, well, where is this coming from? Who's behind this? What's behind this? What's their goal? So the purpose of this book is I sought to find the answer to that question. And what I found was both frightening and frustrating. The frightening part is that the left has spent decades trying to get to our children. And to do so, they have co-opted, they've captured what I call four of the five major cultural institutions. So the media, that's an obvious one. The education system. Sadly, a lot of religious institutions, too, the law, which has become evident in the last couple of years, and now they've set their sights on the nuclear family, particularly on children. This is the frightening part. The frustrating part is if this attack on our children isn't new, if it's been decades in the making, why haven't we been able to stop this? What has the Republican Party been doing for all of these decades to fight back? And so what I do in the book, the first half of the book is I name the names of the people and the organizations that are behind the capture of the institutions, behind the attack on our kids. And the second half of the book is a critique of the Republican Party. I offer a solution that 
I will tell you, is different than what the Republican Party offers for how we can actually start winning, how we can recapture our institutions, how we can protect our kids and therefore our country. All right. So let's take those one at a time. Uh, You said the first half of the book, you're naming names. So who are the biggest names? Who are the individuals most responsible for the relentless attack on our kids? Yeah, that's a great question. So what I do in the book is I make sure to differentiate between the Marxists who conceived the ideas, many of whom are long dead, and the current Marxists, the modern Marxists that are alive and well in our country today, who are propagating these ideas on our children. And I'll give you an example of one of each. One of the modern Marxists who's propagating an entirely destructive ideology in our children is a woman by the name of Gail Rubin. Gail Rubin is known as the founder, or she wrote the founding document of queer theory. Queer theory is a neo-Marxist theory that, unsurprising to most of your viewers, is what underpins the transgender ideology. So this, these, these poisonous ideas that are being taught to children in school right now, that boys can be girls, girls can be boys, gender is not connected to biological sex, everything's fluid. This is not just a random assortment of nonsense. This is pulled directly from neo-Marxist queer theory, which was penned by Gail Rubin, who is alive and well in our country today. And yet most people, maybe in the past couple of months, they've heard about her because I've been talking so much about her. Most people have never heard of this woman, even though she's having such a direct and destructive impact on our children. That's the first example. The second example I will give is a Marxist who is long dead. And that's a Marxist, a Brazilian Marxist, actually, by the name of Paulo Freire. He was the one who contended that teachers in school shouldn't teach children facts and knowledge. He should teach them a worldview, how to view the world. And he called this worldview critical consciousness. What critical consciousness is really is just teaching children to look at everything through a Marxist lens. And this idea of critical consciousness is what exists in our public school system today under the all-encompassing vague umbrella term of wokeness. So I trace everything back to its origins and show the manifestations of how it's impacting our kids in our society in America today. Liz, I want to ask you about moms specifically. I've actually been inspired, and I think TC and I, when we've been on the road, we've seen this. There are a lot of moms have gotten off the bench and are getting really involved with their kids and their kids' curriculum and what's having their schools and what they're being taught. Uh, that's one of the biggest blessings, I think, of the COVID lockdowns was, was moms got to see in the classroom what was happening with their kids. I'm inspired by that, and I think this is this is going to be something that, that the liberals are going to have hell to pay now with moms that are now involved. Is that part of what you're seeing and inspiring you to write this book? Yeah, it's incredible to see how many parents, moms and dads, who've had their eyes opened. I think as conservatives, we're generally people of good faith. We generally like to give other people the benefit of the doubt. We generally see the good in humanity. And sometimes because of that, it can be difficult to look at our political opposition and and label them for what they are. We'd rather say, oh, you know what? This is a well-intentioned good faith opposition who just has unwise practical solutions to Uh, to problems that we all admit are problems. That's how the Republican Party actually has operated for the last 50 years. But I think for the first time in many many parents' lives during COVID, they saw that, no, that's not true. Our Democrat opposition are not well-intentioned, well-intentioned opposition who want the best just had, but have bad ideas for how to bring that about. They are, in fact, embracing neo-Marxist, anti-Christian, anti-American, sometimes anti-human ideology And it's a really important step in fighting back against this to be able to define what the other side is. That's why I spent so much time doing that 
in the first half of my book, because if we don't understand the reality of this political enemy we face, we won't fight well against it. And if we don't fight well, we won't win. And I'm tired of not winning. I'm ready to win, as I know everyone watching the show is, too. Amen. All right, Liz, last question. Uh, You said the second half of the book focuses on a critique of the Republican Party and what we need to do better to fight back. What what does the Republican Party need to do to, to stop this madness? Honestly, this is the part of the book that I'm proudest of, and I know it's the part that's ruffled some feathers a little bit, but I stand by this 100%. So I'll give you an example of one of the most interesting pieces of information that I found in the course of researching this book. Our public school system was not mandatory. Children were not compelled to go to public school until the year 1852. In 1852, the state of Massachusetts became the first state to compel public education. And the reason why was because there was an influx of immigrants to our country at the time, particularly Catholic immigrants. And the Protestant politicians in charge wanted to indoctrinate these immigrant children in American values so that they would be loyal to America first rather than the country of their birth and in Protestant doctrine because of the centuries-long battle between Protestants and Catholics. And I realized that our institutions were never intended to be neutral institutions. Our school system was never intended to simply teach reading, writing, and arithmetic and otherwise be value neutral. That if we as conservatives and the Republican Party do not harness these institutions to teach children our values, what's going to happen is the left is going to swoop in and teach their own. The Republican Party has fallen for the false idea of tolerance and neutrality, which doesn't exist. Um, And perhaps the philosophical reason for this is because they misdefine the word liberty. They define liberty as simply the maximum amount of individual freedom possible in a civil society, when really our government was formed around the idea that liberty is the means to something greater, that there's a moral, the thing that is greater is a moral thing, and that our society, a flourishing society, is intended to try to attain that. And Republicans have gotten very shy of bringing religion or morals or anything of that nature into our politics. And it's been to our detriment. We wouldn't be in the chaos, the cultural chaos that we exist in now, if Republicans had not surrendered both institutions in the name of neutrality and morality and virtue in the name of libertarianism to the left a long time ago. Liz, congratulations on the new book. Grab it for your kids, your grandkids. Make sure you read this. Hide your children. Uh, It is out now exposing the Marxists behind the attack on America's kids. Congratulations. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Great to see you. As always, thank you for listening to Verdict with Senator Ted Cruz, Ben Ferguson with you. Don't forget to download my podcast and you can listen to my podcast every other day. You're not listening to Verdict or each day when you listen to Verdict afterwards. I'd love to have you as a listener to, again, the Ben Ferguson podcast. And we will see you back here on Monday morning. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.